You're listening to Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. This show is a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Real People OC. I'm your host, Kimberly Martin, and we air each and every Thursdays from 4 to 5 on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And we are always streaming on the web at KUCI.org. And you can reach us via podcast by going to KUCI.org. Click on the archives button and that'll take you to all of our shows where you can listen to our podcasts any time of the day or night. April is a time that we have traditionally been reflecting on domestic violence. It's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And in the past, I've had, I've done a domestic violence series. You can search for that on my podcast. There was a four-week series we did, a, a quite extensive one. And then a lot of the hosts here at our public affairs department have been featuring topics that covered domestic abuse. So we can create a little bit more awareness in our society about what's happening in some of our underserved populations. So with that being said, today we are featuring guests that are serving both in the capacity of nonprofit organizations and volunteers uh, this underserved population with which we speak. Now we're going to focus in on an organization called Children's Bureau and then the organization Young Professionals of OC and how they support this nonprofit. So we have with us today Valerie Brooks. She is the community director of Children's Bureau, Children's Bureau here in Orange County. And also with us is a local volunteer and donor, Melissa Chelius, and she is uh, involved in the organization. Uh, young professionals of Orange County. Now, Children's Bureau is an organization that has been around for almost 115 years, and they began their programming efforts in Orange County in the late 1980s. They were brought into existence in order to dedicate themselves to saving children's lives, and they have a primary focus of dealing with children from birth to the age of five. So they get to kids at that really young and tender age. Now, YPOC, the Young Professionals of Orange County, their members are looking for more meaningful ways to contribute funds and really just kind of have a higher impact on giving um, to organizations that they want to support. And so they're here to talk to us today about how young people can get involved, but also about an event that they're having on April 28th. That's going to be from 6 to 9 at the um, Michelson Skyway Park. And that's kind of a cool shishi foodie event in Orange County. So you might want to hear more about that. And so with that, let me introduce today's guests. Well, so welcome, ladies, to Real People OC. I'm so excited to have you in the studio. So one of you, one of you is going to start. Is that going to be you, Melissa? Sure, yeah. I would love to talk about uh, YPOC and, and what we do and provide to the community. Okay, good. Let's Let's hear about it. So I'm a sustaining donor and volunteer uh, member of YPOC, which is a fundraising auxiliary for Children's Bureau. And uh, Children's Bureau has been around for over 100 years. They're a nonprofit organization uh, that really supports Orange County and L.A. County in child abuse prevention and preventative services. Okay. Um, Young professionals of Orange County, does that mean that you guys are the young professionals? That's right. Okay, good. We are the young professionals. So all of our group, um, you, we've got some attorneys, some in the accounting field, IT field. I, I'm personally in real estate. And we all come together. We have really fun mixers. 
and um, great topics on speaking um, on what Children's Bureau does and also um, just providing more leadership roles uh, as a growth opportunity for the members, as well as the philanthropic aspect of just having that foundation in our uh, professional lives. Okay, so w- what would make a young professional want to give back in this way? It's kind of an intimate give back when you think about it. You're touching on a really difficult subject in our society, aren't we? Right, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the members um, have either had personal experiences with some sort of child abuse, neglect, um, fostering, adoption. And I think for probably the majority of the members in in the current YPOC board and um, congregation is that it really does hit home for a lot of us, you know, myself included. So I think um, for me personally, being a part of the group um, is motivating for me to help empower the next generation uh, to be, you know, productive citizens and, um, you know, have kids in happy families. Wow, uh, that's a a serious touch point. You know, I don't think I've reflected before on the fact that, because Orange County is such a big philanthropy town, I mean, our entire social life here is practically all based on people attending charity events, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I reflected enough before you mentioned it that this is a touch point for the members because maybe somehow it's touched their lives right and so um i think that's impressive that's a really nice um that's a nice way to to give back but it's also a really nice way to recover i would imagine too oh absolutely absolutely it's it's a full circle experience um feel free to share more about that if you want to later in the interview but um um, or if you have a story of other members that feel the same way that would be good to to know their stories Val, let me bring you in um, to this conversation a little bit. Um, start out by telling us who Children's Bureau is, who, what the organization is, and, and why it's so important to have them in the community. Well, as Melissa stated, we are a nonprofit uh, leader in the community where uh, we are focused on child abuse prevention and, um, and, and treatment when necessary. Our primary focus in Orange County is uh, prevention and early intervention. Uh, We provide these services through family resource centers, which are welcoming um, places in the community where uh, it breaks down a lot of the barriers of transportation and available resources by being like a one-stop shop. They can come in for the basic needs. Many of our families are struggling to put food on the table, uh, to uh, they may have language barriers, uh, so we provide um, in a lot of our services in Spanish and English. We also connect them with other uh, resources in the community that will break down that barrier. Uh, we also have uh, parenting classes. We address domestic violence and um, by providing parent. Um, excuse me personal empowerment programs. Uh, We have um, a lot of life skills classes as well. And really, each family resource center is unique in that they they really look at what are their needs in that community. So it may look different from one family resource center to another based on what the needs are. Uh, Again, we see child abuse uh, throughout the, the county, Orange County, but we uh, are 
really focused on on uh, child abuse prevention. So addressing those issues, um, when you look at over uh, 52,000 reports of child abuse uh, comes into the child abuse registry each year. Uh, and with 16,000 of those are in the age range of zero to five. Holy so, moly. So the earlier we can um, impact the family, the more successful we'll be in helping support that family and really focus on the strengths of the family and how we can build on those strengths. We're very strength-based in our services. So talk to me for a minute about what are some of the forces that align to create an abusive environment in a family. If you're looking at the prevention aspect, you're looking to intervene before what happens. Uh, well, we want to look at what are the risk factors, what's, what are the stressors in the family, because we know that breaks down uh, a lot of the strengths that our families do have. Um, and poverty is one of the greatest um, stressors. When we look at our uh, families we serve in Orange County, 95% of those families uh, live at or below the poverty level. Oh, my. So it's really hard to think about... Um, building your child's um, development when you're trying to figure out how to feed them. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And some of that anger just inadvertently gets channeled towards the child. Is that what happens? The most vulnerable person in the family? Yes, they're, they're, you know, they're so stressed out. They're having great difficulty dealing with anything uh, that would would be difficult. And uh, a, a crying baby, which is normal, uh, doesn't feel normal when you're stressed out. Right, when you're dealing with PTSD of, you know, the stressful situation, maybe mm-hmm. it's it's a trigger or mm-hmm. it becomes a trigger. You know, I'm curious if we could reflect for a minute about we're a community with so much wealth, and it's always really hard to look at those more difficult sides when you see so such a, um, I don't know, such a dichotomy between the way many of the people are living versus versus. Um, this really vulnerable community, what what do you say in terms of how we compare Orange County to the rest of the country? Do we have more poverty here than other communities? I think what makes it unique is, as you mentioned, there's uh, such a dichotomy. We have huge pockets of poverty uh, that is kind of intertwined throughout the county, but then you also have wealth throughout the, the community in the county. And I think that we're recognized as a wealthy community as opposed to really seeing uh, the, the large pockets of poverty that we have. Is, is it because we haven't done right by those citizens, maybe because they're um, more service-oriented, um, those, those industries aren't making as much money? I mean, do we have any insight as to why such a great, I mean, 30,000 kids is a lot to, to be addressing. That's that's a big number. And, and I think in these pockets of poverty is where we see a lot of isolation. A lot of these families do not feel connected. Uh, they don't have family here. Uh, and again, that just adds to the level of stress that they have and not being able to reach out for support. That's why our family resource centers are so beneficial. Um, but there aren't enough of them in terms of the number of families that need services. We also have families that can't get to the Family Resource Center, and that's why our uh, home visiting programs are also 
crucial in that um, that's breaking down the barrier of transportation when there isn't a family resource center in close proximity for them. Uh, you know, again, we have families that they may have four children and they we give them a bus pass to get to the family resource center, but when they get off the bus, they're still walking over a mile to a family resource center with four children and one adult. Yeah. Um, so again, uh, home visitation is also very helpful in addressing that barrier and being able to help those families. And our home visiting programs are focused on the zero to five population. A lot of our referrals come from um, local hospitals, the birthing hospitals in Orange County, and identify those families at risk. It is a voluntary program, but we are able to come in and help the families with that bonding and attachment, which is the true prevention of child abuse. We have to have that, that strong bond, that attachment to our children. Such a such an important point that you make there. I feel like everybody thinks that's going to happen naturally, don't they? That you're automatically going to bond to that baby and that and that everything's just going to be perfect and your protective instincts are just going to arise out of this natural flow. But so much of our society today is is stressful, more stressful than I think it used to be. And so um, there's lots of things that intervene to allow that natural bonding process to happen. Can you reflect on those a little bit for us? Um, and again, it has a lot to do with understanding the importance of that relationship in those early years. Um, I can give you an example of, uh, so oftentimes we see a parent that's talking about how their baby, they have such a good baby. He sleeps all the time, he lays in the crib, and I can get my work done. And they don't understand the importance of reading to your baby, talking to your baby, stimulating your baby in a variety of ways, and the importance that of that, that bonding, that attachment early on. Um, it's not always a good sign because our baby sleeps a lot. It, it can be a very negative. Interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Um, can you comment a little bit about what you guys do to help foster that early on? Well, part of what we're doing is talking with them about communication and the importance of talking to your baby, reading to your baby, uh, stimulating your baby by having them with the family, not just back in a room in their crib where they can sleep. Uh, we also help them to understand how to read cues of their baby um, you know, what are the cues when they are sleeping a lot may mean they're understimulated. Mm. So wh the th what are some of the things that we can do to encourage the baby to be active? The importance of tummy time, um, you know, the importance of breastfeeding. And, and as you mentioned, uh, a lot of times, you know, we just think that that's supposed to be natural. But a lot of our moms struggle with breastfeeding and you need a lot of support and not feeling like you know you're you're ineffective you're or you're not able to do this sometimes it just takes a lot of support for right, all of us right. i think i remember the best advice i got from a friend who she was a comedian so she was very funny about it but she said to me straight on and she goes um, breastfeeding hurts and it's really awful <laughs> and she goes but you can do it <laughs> and it was just so hilarious to me and I, I will never forget that advice because 
it wasn't couched in any, you know, airy fairy flowing kind of idealistic dream you're <laughs> going to have with this baby. It was it was truthful and mm-hmm. knowing that going into it, I think made me push past that pain point which every woman gets to, mm-hmm. that point where most people quit because really there's no other option but to quit. Um and I just was, I was so impressed by how big of a difference that made for me just from just that little tiny bit of support, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> I think another issue that makes breastfeeding difficult is, um, you know, the, uh, post tr- the um, postpartum depression, which is very, very common, uh, very natural. But again, when we aren't prepared for that, and again, we're trying to push through that depression, but also being accessible there for our baby and and just all the stresses of having a newborn in, you know, in your family. Right. Um, and so we do also screen for that so that we can help, you know, get them linked into the appropriate services to address those needs because um, postpartum depression is very prevalent and very treatable um more so in a community that's stressed out due to poverty yes you see the rates are higher there or is it hard to say well i think again it's more their inability to access the the necessary services Mm -hmm. i'm not sure that it's higher um but definitely um less connected in the community to access services so the the follow-on of of the that uh, the cascade effect i guess Mm -hmm. we could say of that condition is greater if you are not Mm -hmm. connected to your community man i mean you would think we've got this down by now but it just seems like we're getting more and more disconnected what is that about i just wish we i wish we knew I wish we knew more about that. Well, another program that we have that also helps uh, support the family and strengthen the family is one of our newest programs, which is Dads Matter. I and saw it's that. Uh, that it's our great. first federal funded program in uh, with Children's Bureau. And with that program, we're helping uh, families to understand the importance of that relationship. Uh, with fathers and the importance of fathers in the family, which also can uh, help address the stressors in the family when you have mom and dad understanding the importance of the relationship with their children and how they can support each other. Uh, it's, it's an amazing program that uh, we have a lot of father-child bonding activities so they can ha- have opportunities and and see how much fun it is to do things with their children it's not just being the disciplinarian when they come home from work it's about having that relationship with their children right right you know you've been involved for enough years to see that we've had these child abuse prevention months going on for a, a sizable length of time are you seeing any impact with the services that you're providing are you feeling like you're stemming the tide or does it still feel like it's overwhelming Oh, I think we have great impact with the programs that we have, and I do believe that, you know, we we have um, research that shows that when we support families through ch- this child abuse prevention services is very helpful. We're just not addressing the number of families that have that need. Um, our, you know, we have wait lists on our programs, so... Um, you have to have funding to be able to service more families. Right, right, right. 
Um, okay, so we'll back to you, Melissa. I want to know a little bit more about the liaison nature of your organization with um, with with the services that are be being provided by Children's Bureau. So I know we're here to talk today about an event that's coming up, but I also want to know, um, as an ongoing effort throughout the year, how you guys stay involved and support the efforts of Children's Bureau in Orange County. Sure. So the nature of our young professionals group is um, to have quarterly mixers where we get to network as well as um, fundraise for Children's Bureau. Um, we do request that our sustaining donors um, provide a small amount, $10 a month. And, um, you know, that's two trips to Starbucks that we can all afford. Um, but even though it doesn't sound like that much, you know, every dollar spent on prevention is saving four to nine dollars in future public spending. So it is incredibly important um, to the program and to the group. Um, so going back to our, our fundraiser this year, we have it every April. It's called The Happy Hour. And um, last year in planning the event, um, you know, the board really sat down and thought, well, what do our young professionals want to do? Well, we like to eat and drink and hang out. So um, that's what this event is all about. And uh, thus the name The Happy Hour. So uh, we we provide um, unlimited craft food and beverages to our guests um, at a beautiful rooftop venue um, at the Mickelson Sky Garden, which is right there off uh, the 405 in Jamboree. So real close by uh, here to UCI even. And uh, it's a fun night. It's three hours. We have opportunity prizes and uh, all the money that we raise, you know, goes directly to Children's Bureau in their preventative services. So it's for an incredibly, uh, incredibly good cause that we all support. And it's a lot of fun. It sounds like a blast. That's April 28th, correct? Correct. On, April on 28th. Night. Yeah, it's on a Friday night from 6 to 9. And uh, it's so much fun. It's a little breezy uh, on the rooftop, but once the sun sets, it's just gorgeous. And you have a panoramic view of Orange County. It's the most fabulous venue. Oh, it sounds exciting. Yeah. Very cool. Um, how deeply involved do some of your members get? Do they... Do they um, do volunteer hours through the organization or what, what's the next steps that they can go to? So we do um, have a volunteer chair, uh, Lily, and she helps organize volunteers for some of the various Children's Bureau activities. I don't I don't know if the Easter egg extravaganza just happened or if it's happening. I, I don't know the date on that one, but um that's our recent event here in April, and uh, Lily coordinates volunteers for that event, and those ha happen directly at the Family Resource Centers. I do know that um, YPOC also supports, uh, through volunteers, the uh, if backpack packing event for back-to-school drives with backpacks, school supplies for some of the kids at the Family Resource Centers, as well as um, at Halloween, you know, we get some candy together and take those to the family resource centers and the kids can trick-or-treat there so um we we do work closely with with orange county's family resource centers here locally to support their services okay very cool um back to you val um how important is it to have a liaison group like um ypoc 
supporting the organization and the um, resource centers. What does that What does that do for you guys? Does it take the load off? Well, it's definitely it's essential. Uh, again, we can't do it without them uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, those of us that are providing the services and managing those programs are maxed out in terms of the requirements of our job duties. Uh, so, you know, we need help with the marketing and uh, the outreach and communicating the needs in, in our community, as well as the, the need to, um, to help fundraise because uh, most programs are not fully funded through contracts. They, we do have to bring in those private dollars and uh, that is, and uh, again, what better way than to bring in a group like um, Young Professionals of Orange County who can get together and have fun and support a great cause and feel that they're, they're, um, they're helping their community by um, supporting programs that help, help families have healthy, productive children who are going to become healthy, productive adults. Right, right. So, um, well, one of the questions I had is uh, the locations of the resource centers. How did you come up with the locations? Were they to, to service people in that particular area? You wanted to make them closed for people to get to. Let's talk a little bit about your locations and where they are. Okay, well... Unless they're private. I know some organizations yeah. want their locations to be completely private. No, we want all families to know where to find our family resource centers in Orange County. Okay. Uh, the funding comes through the Social Service Agency, Children and Family Services. Okay. So they have selected uh, 15 areas that they feel are um, located in those high-need areas of the county. Uh, we are in seven of those 15 uh, family Resource Centers. Four of them, we are the lead agency, and the Family Resource Centers are um, composed of four to five funded partners and anywhere from two to ten non-funded partners where we all work together to try to provide a one-stop shop for families that have needs um, that, were re that would could be um, served through the Family Resource Centers. Well, you kind of know if somebody stops in how badly it must be for them to come there. But you, if you don't address the problems in a really comprehensive way right away, you lose them, don't mm -hmm. you? And and many of them are not just uh, drop-ins. Many of them come from re um, referrals from other nonprofits in the community. We all can't service uh, all the needs of, of families, so um, we're all specialized. So it's, it's primarily families are coming in through referrals. It might be the social worker that has gone out to um, assess for child abuse with a family and they don't meet the legal criteria for child abuse uh, or neglect, but they are able to then, they know there's needs for the family so they can link them into the Family Resource Center as a voluntary program. And our programs, that the ones we're funded to serve uh, through the Family Resource Center is in Oakview, is in uh, Huntington Beach. We have- um, It's called Oakview? Oakview Family Resource Center. Okay. Then we also have Corbin Family Resource Center that's in Santa Ana. We have two that are um, in Anaheim, our Family Oasis Family Resource Center and our Anaheim Harbor Family Resource Center. We're also in, um, uh, 
San Juan Capistrano uh, and South Orange County Family Resource Center that's in Lake Forest. And then we also, um, in the last two years now, are part of uh, Costa Mesa Family Resource Center, uh, where we, um, re it's been one of the newer Family Resource Centers open with support of HOGUE and oh, a nice. Healthy Living. Uh, it's called a Healthy Living Resource Center. It's coming to you, yes. <laughs> I know. These facts get harder and harder as we age. <laughs> Bear with us, everybody. <laughs> um, okay, so, um, well, because the event is coming up, uh, why don't you, uh, Melissa, tell us how people can get a hold of tickets if they want to come to the fun part of contributing, and then maybe just a little bit of a deeper discussion on how one might get involved and why. Sure. Um, well, I have to say we've had Jones Day graciously sponsor the event for the last two years as the uh, presenting sponsor, so that's helped a lot. Um, but definitely, if you're interested in tickets, they're only $40. And that covers all your food and beverage for the event for from six to nine. And you can buy tickets online at allforkids.org backslash YPOC. And the four in that is the actual digit, the number four. So um, definitely check it out. And um, you said all for kids OC? All for kids dot org. Dot org okay, all for backslash YPOC. And that will take you directly to the page where you can just click and buy a ticket. So um, it's easy to get to. And um, we will have registration for YPOC at the event as well. If someone's interested in coming to the event and then also joining as a member, we would be able to um, provide them with that information. Um, for UCI students or any other young professionals in the area, uh, you're welcome to come. You're welcome to sign up and join the group. Um, you know, it's a... It's a really diverse group, and it's great for networking, too. So, Awesome, awesome. And it's been meaningful to you, hasn't it? Personally, for me, absolutely. You know, I originally got involved with YPOC because my grandmother is heavily involved in Children's Bureau activities in Los Angeles. Um, and so when YPOC started, she's like, hey, Melissa, you have to join. <laughs> you know, it's great networking. It's a great event. It's for a great cause. And um, the more time I spend with the staff members at Children's Bureau and uh, with the group in general, learning about the services they provide, it's so crucial. And, um, you know, me personally, I was a victim of sexual abuse at a young age. And... Um, I wish, I wish we had preventative services um, that my family was introduced to, you know, like they said, um, reading to your kids, making your children aware of uh, what's a red flag uh, scenario and what isn't and what to look for. And being right. able to educate your family on that is so crucial. And um, so, you know, it really hits home for me. And I love that we can support the services that, that are preventative for the community and uh, I think it's just wonderful. I do too. And I think it's, oh, oh what a wonderful way to channel um, one's energy to be social, to, to get out there to support, um, to support a local cause, but also for the businesses that join in and support the local causes too. People don't realize it, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't get to this place without the um, donations of everybody that's getting involved. Right. It's, it's pretty remarkable what we do manage to accomplish here. Um, using using the power of the purse, if you will, so to speak. Um, 
Is there anything else the two of you would like to say about the organization or the event that's coming up? I just want to clarify that all the proceeds from the YPOC event does go towards Children's Bureau's programs that are helping the, uh, the at-risk families in the community to grow and thrive. Um, so um, it, it's, it's, they're able to spend a few dollars, have a great time, but also supporting all the services that we've just talked about. And the website for Children's Bureau is? www.all, the number four, kids.org. Ah, okay. So that is for Children's Bureau as well as mm -hmm. tickets for the event. Yeah. Um, except for you have to add the backslash OC to get to. Does YPOC have their own website? No, they, um, it's all through All for Kids. Um, right. Uh, yeah. So you, the backslash YPOC for the event would talk about our event. Um, but yeah, we don't have our own website. But we do have a Facebook page as well. So if you want to look us up on Facebook, um, you can type in, you know, Young Professionals of Orange County and we should pop up there. Um, and I do believe we have a LinkedIn or someone's starting a LinkedIn. So eventually that'll come up as well. Ah, uh, that younger generation. You guys aren't even using websites anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's all social media. It's all social media. Drives people like me crazy. Right. Well, and two, for anyone that is interested in the event, you know, I'll just plug it again. It is 21 and over. Um, yes, because beverages will be flowing. That's right. That's right. But it does sell out. So if you are interested, I highly recommend getting your tickets right away. We sold out last year, and we are definitely going to sell out this year. You had over 200 people there last year, didn't you? Yes, we did. It was fantastic turnout, and um, it's fun. You know, we have great vendors. Oh, Ballast Point's going to be there pouring beer, the brewery, um, Unsung Brewing, and some great food vendors as well, uh, Plums Cafe, Cannery, um, uh, Sweet Oak Bakery and, and a few other vendors are going to be there as well. So it's amazing food and amazing drinks. And then you just get to hang out with your friends. And, you know, you, our opportunity prizes are great to bid on Disneyland tickets, uh, Angels Diamond Club seats. And oh and all this money is just going to Children's Bureau. So it's it's a fun event and uh, sure to please anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Val, did you have anything else you wanted to say too? Oh, just hoping that we've, um, hoping that you see the opportunity uh, to be inspired and inspire others to support this worthy cause. Uh, it is a great return on investment uh, where you're, um, we're able to save money through prevention and also saving children's lives. Um, so, uh, the benefits from the investing uh, in young children is just too great to ignore. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, one of the things that I'm really glad you highlighted was the um, the Dads Matter program. You know, I I feel like, like I don't know what it is, but every time I have one of these interviews, wh whether it be about um, sexual abuse or just domestic violence, um, human sex trafficking it, it seems to me like we've got to help the men fix the men like I not not to blame men but something is seriously out of balance and there's something our society isn't doing to support what their role is in a significant way and um, because I, I don't truly believe somebody that is afflicted with these desires to either be violent or abusive really wants to stay that way it's it's much like an alcoholic they don't want to be in a drunken stupor their whole life but um what say you about that has there been any inroads well I think you know um parenting programs is something that we oftentimes see just the mother attending and dad 
there there's not a message in the past we haven't done a very good job of messaging that this is important for dads also so a lot of what our dads matter is doing is really not just uh, inviting dads to be a part of a parenting group we're having mom and dad come because mom can impact the importance of dad and his role um, and can also sabotage that so our, our groups are with mom and dad uh, and then, but then the bonding activities are with dad and the children. Uh, but I do think that as a society, we haven't done a real good job in um, how we package things. We tend to have like home visits are done during the day when dad's at work. Uh, so one of the messages that this program is trying to help even agencies and programs to understand that we're sending a, me a message that isn't real supportive of dads if we aren't including dad in the program services. Right, right. Um, now, we talked a little earlier about liaison organizations that support each other. Can you give us a little idea um, about here in Orange County, the fabric of organizations that are there to um, help these situations? You guys all refer to each other. How does that work? Um, well, we are really trying to break down silos. I think... Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, a lot of our programs uh, and agencies tend to have different funding, um, but servicing, you know, addressing a lot of the different issues that our families are struggling with. Uh, the Family Resource Centers, I think, have done a really good job of building... Um, of building uh, partnerships where they have they use a common language and um, and are able to have referrals done in a way that uh, is smooth for the family and not awkward and difficult. Uh, we have a program that uh, we began. Uh, well, Children's Bureau got really involved about two two and a half years ago uh, with Network Anaheim. And I, our primary focus there is bringing in um, the community organizations that provide services to support families and how to work closer together and support each other, use a common language, uh, just something as ba basic as what is a referral. Uh, we learned in this process that there were many different definitions of that. So when you talk about I made a referral, it meant something very different from one agency to another. Interesting. So Network Anaheim is all about being a pilot in Anaheim that really um, supports that working closer together and breaking down silos. And then hopefully we'll see more of that throughout the county. Okay, good. Um, what do you hold out for the future for the organization and for addressing the problem in general? Well, as Melissa mentioned, we're uh, over 100 years old, 113, started out with doing a lot of child advocacy and then going into more uh, services and prevention of, of child abuse. Uh, we've served over 30,000 children this year, and, you know, we, we know there's a lot more need in the community, and that is in Orange County and L.A. County, I want to clarify. Uh, but again, we know there's much more need than that by what we talked about earlier with the um, the child abuse calls that come into the child abuse registry. I would like to see every call that comes in, even if it's not substantiated, if they it doesn't meet the legal definition of child abuse, that call means there's stressors in that family uh, in most instances. And what better way to address those 
then to provide those more early uh, voluntary services with those families if we would have the resources to be able to address the needs of each of those families um, before the, the the next child abuse call is made. Right, right. Uh, it just it's 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 shocking how great the need is and then you know you've got this group of people these young professionals that are interested in supporting that it's such a unique it's such a unique opportunity to be a part of something bigger just give us a closing thought on that yeah absolutely uh you know it's it's gratifying in so many ways to be a part of the group uh we get to network we get to hang out with our friends and then we get to support these services that impact the community that we're living in and um, I think that can resonate with anyone, um, whether or not they have uh, some sort of uh, family trauma background or not. Um, I think we all want to live in a community where we feel safe and, um, and supportive of each other. Very good. Well, Valerie Brocks and Melissa Chelius, thank you so much for being here and talking to us about Children's Bureau and Young Professionals OC. I've really enjoyed knowing a little bit more about your organizations. Yes, thanks for having us. It was great. Thank you.